Welcome to the Frank Black really Podcast. Podcast. It's looking like a beautiful day Coming here in Frank Black's Some said they were different. I don't care what people say. I like them. You're okay. You're okay. Some said they would never make it. One guy called them incoherent hillbillies. Well, I can't understand these hillbillies at all. Wait, 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 wait. Hillbilly heroin. Le cigar volant. Le cigar volant. Le cigar volant. But somewhere, one man never gave up. I just got an email. Said better luck next time. Trace the sender. Trace the sender. I can't. It's completely anonymous. Somewhere else. Where are you? Now there's a bird involved. Coming podcast 15 to an iPod near you. A tale of two men's struggle to find an audience. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Brian Salvatore. It's not impossible. It's just five guys or six guys playing music. Dean Katsuris. That's the thing about the Catholics that nobody ever gets. And Janine Garofalo. <laughs> In Finding Feldman, now playing. Hello out there in podcast land. This is Dean Katsiris. And Brian Salvatore saying hello. Hello. Not now, Janine. From sunny Oakland, New Jersey, and even sunnier Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. As you are probably aware by now, we have a bit of an interview series going on. Frank Black every even week, and a special guest every odd week. Today's special guest is just that, a very special visitor. We're very happy to have Eric Drew Feldman on board this week. Eric, a favorite of both of ours, and it was really a pleasure to sit down and speak with him, and we're going to be hearing all sorts of Eric Drew Feldman-related music on this podcast, and we're going to start with a track off of the first ever Frank Black solo album, some call it the Orange Album. Don't say, it. Don't say I it. Don't say it. I call it. No. I call it the. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say it. I don't want Orangelo. to slip my wrists again. Oh, there I go. <laughs> uh, I call it the Orangelo album, and it is a favorite of both Dean and myself. And we were talking before about how when you think of the album, we hear it as this sort of dense keyboard-based album, but it really isn't. Uh, do you agree with that, Dean? Well, I mean, when you're looking specifically for it, we were looking for, you know, okay, what we've got Eric Dufeldman on and what songs do we want to play on the podcast and we were kind of looking around and when you're looking for it it's, it, it does it isn't as prominent as I kind of had always assumed I guess the reason we picked this track was mainly for its introduction that it has a, a completely separate introduction from the rest of the song almost a prologue to it and a very common know, Frank Black thing yes it is but I think that this one executes it in a slightly different way than other places in his catalog. It's it's one of my favorite of his introductory pieces. Yes, I will second that as well. And it's uh, it's something he's known very well for is his, I guess, affinity or his love of space. And this song happens to be a love song for a black hole. When I first heard it, I thought he was referring to the town of 84, Pennsylvania, which is actually a town. And uh, I thought it was about physical places on Earth, maybe that's the numbers, but clearly I was mistaken. There's a town called 84? Yes, it's the home of 84 Lumber, which is one of the larger lumber companies in the eastern United States. 
very interesting. Places named after numbers, what happens, there's so many stars out there and everything that they can't name them all, there's not enough names out there, so a lot of them just end up with numerical symbols that symbolize, I guess, what type of celestial body it is and uh, its location in space and things like that. Anyway, places named after numbers on the Orange album. Orange Love. Orange. Orange Love. Orange.
talks How it used to make us fight And the language of the bugs And even our doomsday I'm a chip away boy I'm a chip away boy That was Chip Away Boy from Black Letter Days featuring Mr. Eric Drew Feldman on the piano. And now we're going to give away a prize, which is always something we like to do and is a lot of fun. And this is the answer to a trivia question that was posed in podcast number 13, correct, Dean? Correct. Two podcasts ago. Every couple of weeks we give one away, I guess. So, And we had, as you may recall, Mr. Ben Cesario with us chatting, and he is the author of the book Doolittle. And so the question was a rather simple one, more of a, a fast finger, you know, quickest draw kind of a, a contest this time. But simply, which song features the word Doolittle in it, in the lyrics? And the answer? Mr. Greaves. And that was sent to us by Jordan Pierce of Chicago, Illinois. So thanks to everyone who entered, but uh, Jordan is our winner. It was and a we'll close one. Brian and I yeah. were, were sitting there for five minutes analyzing email headers and times to figure out exactly which one came in first. But uh, yeah, good job, Jordan. And we'll get it out in the mail to you as soon as we can. Yes, hopefully it won't take us 85 weeks to you know get that mail to you. But on that note... King of the Segway. Thank you. From Pistolero, we have 85 weeks. And the reason we're playing this song is it's a story that Eric Drew Feldman had told to Frank about Captain Beefheart. So it's, it's really about Captain Beefheart. But hey, it says at the very beginning, once Eric said, come gather round. So gather round, grab your friends, grab your marshmallows. Here we go. Once Eric said, 
come gather round I'll tell a tale that is sure to astound Unsomnabulist That's a wake scene You don't sleep talking, taking no break walking But you don't believe Ooh, now you don't believe Now you don't believe As to his fame, well He has two claims He is a Don And as well a Captain Unsomnabulist He was a wig seat for eight or five weeks With no sleep, it's crazy maybe But you don't believe Ooh Now you don't believe Now you don't believe They called him Freak And he lost all his friends Could only speak to the boys in the band On some fabulist You stay awake and see what happens Eight or five weeks with no napping But you don't believe Ooh, no you don't believe Nah, you don't believe Please will you listen to what Dan did occur The world to him was all covered in fur I'm so nebulous Let me explain, see the fur change the world's grain And everything can you believe it, but you don't believe Ooh, no you don't believe Nah, you don't believe Nah, you don't believe Ooh, nah, you don't believe Nah, you don't believe When Dean and I started doing this podcast, we had a very short list of people that we thought it would be amazing to be able to talk to. And Frank Black was clearly at the top of that list. But close number two was Eric Drew Feldman. And so it was a great pleasure for us to sit down with Eric this week and talk to him about all sorts of things musical. We obviously want to talk to you about the tour this fall. We would like to chat a little bit about this new project that you're working on with Charles. Let me just say one thing about both those, but I'm I'm very glad to do this interview, mm-hmm. so I have no problem with doing it. But both of those subjects will probably would be more interesting to talk to me about a little bit into the future from now. But uh, we can we can talk about them now as far as I can. But but they're both they both haven't happened very much yet, if you know what I mean. Well, we right. would love to have you back for a future one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just saying right now it's just. Oh no, I, I know what you're saying, but I'm wheeling you yeah. into a. <laughs> future commitment here I mean as far as playing with Charles on this tour which is probably going to be a great bit of fun for me and hopefully for him you know I did a little bit of or probably more than a little bit but you know spotty touring with the Catholics but I guess I haven't I haven't really done any with them in about four or five years you know I toured with him at the beginning of his solo career for a year and a half or something like that but it's totally uh, something new, you know. Every now and then I've sat in with him in various cities more frequently than five years, you know, on a f- couple of late Catholic shows. And, I, you know, he did a solo show in San Francisco, and I sat in with him on that. Oh, yes, the Café du Nord. I've heard that recording, actually. Sad I wasn't there. It sounded yeah, very it was good. Fun, you know. That, you know, is something, actually, that we've done a little bit of here and there that sometime I would really like to do one of those with him because 
in a certain way. Maybe it's because I can actually be out in front and watch one of those. It's it's always sort of become my favorite way to see them. Mm-hmm. And because uh, otherwise I don't see them except from a side view on stage with bad sound. And uh, <laughs> I sort of think that that I would like to do a solo tour with them sometime. Now, uh, Eric, are you playing primarily bass on this upcoming tour? Primarily bass. That's what I've been hired as. And we keep talking about, you know, we haven't played together yet. That's why I'm saying about this. You know, I've speculated that maybe it would be a good idea for me to play some keyboards. Yes. But if I play if I play keyboard, which I'd like to do, then there's a problem of no bass, which maybe is not a problem because you can play music and not have a bass. I, or, I, as a bass player, I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of do too, you know, because <laughs> I see bands do it and I generally miss it. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then but I have also in some ways I have played keyboards before where I cover bass with the keyboards. But it compromises, you know, my piano playing. Let's say, right. you know, it makes it more, makes it more one-handed. That is not; it's not as satisfying. And then, you know, I thought, well, on some of those songs, perhaps the guitarist on this tour will be able to switch over and play bass on a couple songs. But I don't really know how that will go. You know, whether he is interested in that and wants to, or if it'll sound good. You know, I'm I kind of come from the world of. I like to switch things around and have different combinations of instruments. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I feel like I'm always, in some ways, trying to push Charles in that direction more than is his general instinct. Have you, I assume you've heard the last two records that that Charles made in Nashville, correct? Correct. Um, I'm and, desperately learning, trying to learn those songs now, as not as we speak, but right before and when we get off the phone. There's an awful lot of songs to. Uh, get through so has he sent you a know. list of ideas for what uh, you guys might be playing or how does that work well yeah i mean he just he sent basically a list of 40 songs that he just said as a starting point you know the way he wants to be is you know i know he'd like to be able to play every song in his repertoire but it's not really going to be possible to begin when we start doing the first gigs have to be able to pick from these first you know about 40 tunes of which i don't know how many you can play in a night 25 or something like that and be able to just uh, you know go through them without much thought as far as that list goes what would the like what's the breakdown of it is it older stuff I would say it's a retrospective of everything okay so there hasn't as far as what I've seen yet there isn't any pixies on it it's all Frank Black but there's a you know I'd say there's like an emphasis on the last two records but you know there's like three songs or four songs from every other record along the way what are you looking forward to play? Let's ask you that. What That's what right. song did you see on the list and say, all right? Or did you just shake your head and cry? The whole yeah, it was mostly that. I mean, mostly I was happy with some of the ones that I've played before that, you know, that I like. But I've, you know, also, you know, the, the Catholics did a lot of them, so they weren't that unique, you know. But they also made problems because there were ones where I said, gee, well, he picked those, and they make me want to play keyboards and not. <laughs> but there were songs. Well, that's like, it. Uh, if you the, need a bass player, Eric, you know I, I'm, yeah. I'm very available. <laughs> so, but songs like "The Swimmer" and uh, "And I'll Be Blue" and uh, "Abstract Plane," I always like that song. That, was that is a terrific song. One of my favorites. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a terribly a lot from that record, but that was on there. Headache, which I like, but 
I've heard it enough, but I guess he likes <laughs> it a lot. Yes. And uh, I'm trying to think what else was on there. Oh, I noticed that California Bound is on there, and that that kind of excited me, though. It's it's actually kind of complicated to play. I mean, just because a lot of his songs, the ones you wouldn't really think it, but they they sort of flow really easily, but there's a lot of counting involved. If you kind of don't concentrate, you 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 fall off the track, and it's a horrible train wreck. So that's kind of one of those kind of songs. And there's a few that at least I've played before. And there's not a song like one that I always like to do, but it's way too hard unless you do it right as something like Two Reelers and things like that. But that wasn't that wasn't included. He's been playing that solo acoustic, and it's been uh, it's been really interesting. I was not expecting to hear that. And they've been coming out great. The recordings have sounded fantastic of the solo acoustic two-reelers. But you don't really think of that as the singer-songwriter on a stage with a microphone type song. No. Well, not not at all. And, and I was glad to hear it, too. But when he can take a lot of liberties in that. But when it's like, you know, three or four people trying to play that song, it's, or at least in the, in the sense of the way that we recorded it in 1917 or whenever that was, it was... <laughs> It was sort of very uh, meticulously and precisely rhythmically worked out in a way that was... I remember being... We kind of like... I had seen the riffs around for a while, and he'd been doing it, but I was very much into the thing of like, okay, now we really have to figure out how to play this. And that sort of did that with Mick Vincent at the time. You know, I said, it's, it's got to be like this. And I couldn't even deal with Charles playing yet because I... It took a while for me to understand what the hell is he doing. <laughs> and, because I wanted it to feel just like it did when he played it. It's kind of moving up into the this alleged record that the two of us are going to embark on sometime early next year. It seems like we it's the same thing as the first Frank Black album. We talked about it for a year before we did it. And then since he sort of sort of he committed me, you know, said let's do this, which was 3 or 4 months ago at least. Then I became very busy, as he has, and now we're doing this tour. So it's going to turn into this thing where we won't even be able to like start it in, until uh, next year. In between, he'll probably make three more records. <laughs> uh, you know? Have you guys? Uh, have you actually gotten together and played with some stuff yet, or what? What point are you at with that? Yeah, we well, we came over. I guess it was around the time we did the Do Nord show, and uh, you know, somewhere a little before that, he had just sent me some demos as he has done periodically over the years, sort of for my perusal and to see what I thought. And I thought they were good. And then, you know, they were just they were just versions with him and a guitar that he had done at home. And so then for reasons that are hard to explain, when he was over at my house, we did them again, but with sort of me kind of recording them on my setup a little bit and, you know, making a suggestion on a tempo here and there. Something that I thought, oh, maybe I can be easier to add to it. And I've done that on a couple, but I haven't even played them for him yet. They just sort of they're just kind of sitting there festering with me, kind of wishing I had some time to work on them. But I've been producing uh, another record for a while, and then also I'm about to go work on another one, which happens like the about two seconds right after this tour is done. Who is that one? Cram- we would know. With that one's with PJ Harvey. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But I'm doing. Uh, I mean, I'm not producing that one. That one is a, uh, but I'm going to, you know, be a musician, play on it, just sort of contribute to the arrangements in general, and it's it'll be quite fun to work with her. And the other record that I've been, which is almost finished, but keeps rearing its ugly head and won't say it's finished, is with somebody named Charlotte Hatherley. She's 
She was formerly a guitar player in a uh, Irish band called the Ash, and now she's uh, solo. And we did a record together a couple of years ago, and now we're doing a second one. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and thank you, Eric, for joining us. You haven't heard the last of him out there in podcast land, so stay tuned. We'll have him back in two episodes, I believe. Before Eric said goodnight to us, he left us with one parting gift, and we're going to share that with you now. As you may or may not know, Eric has a side project called Knife and Fork, and he's got one album out so far. It's called Misery Court. It's, uh, it's a little challenging to find, but actually I was hunting for it the other day, and if you're a member of eMusic, you can actually find it there, so that's one way of getting at it. And as I mentioned, there's one album out, but he's working on the next one. And he gave us a track that is in progress, which is pretty neat. It's another FrankBlack.net exclusive. And yes, unreleased, unfinished as far as I know, uh, but fairly close. Sounds really nice. So here we go, a Knife and Fork exclusive. Uh, first ever hearing publicly as far as I know. It's a song called Nicotine, and it may be appearing on a record coming out soon, or probably late. So take a listen and let me know what you think. Seven minutes from 
Continuing on now, we're going to hear a track from April 19th, 2003. This is recorded at Slim's in San Francisco, California, and it features Frank Black on guitar and vocals and Mr. Eric Drew Feldman on keyboard, piano to be more specific. And this is a recording of a song from my favorite album, Dog in the Sand. It is I'll Be Blue. I think that's it. Sad song that is. It's so. 
Eric always gets a little choked up. Sir Rockabye from Teenager of the Year. It's a nice mix of piano and synths as well. Um, and of course, Teenager of the Year is my favorite album, as I've said before, and we'll say again. Now, we've given away the Doolittle book this podcast, so it's time for the next contest. And we will be giving this prize away in four weeks, two podcasts from now, when Eric Drew Feldman joins us once again. And the contest prize is going to be an extremely rare debut Knife and Fork album. So uh, for those who are were fans of Nicotine, and I don't know, uh, actually I haven't heard it. Brian, would you say it sounds familiar or it sounds similar to Nicotine? Or? Uh, somewhat. It's, um, it's very atmospheric and very dense. And there are definitely similarities between Nicotine and the album, which is called Misery Chord. But I, I believe it's a little bit more obviously polished because of the time in the studio and not having a rough mix. What about dynamics-wise? Uh, is it is there a little more going on there, or 
I would say so, yes. Okay. So Misery Chord is the prize in question this week. And here is the trivia question to be answered. Mail in your entries to podcast at frankblack.net. And the first one to mail us with the correct answer will win a CD courtesy of Eric Drew Feldman. So thanks again, Eric. And here we go. Thank you. We already mentioned and played, in fact, a song about Eric Drew Feldman 85 weeks earlier on in this podcast. And the question to answer successfully is this. What other song written by Frank Black mentions a Feldman in some way? Mysterious? Yes. Answerable? Certainly. So put on your thinking caps and let us know so that we can send that CD out to you ASAP. Podcast at frankblack.net. And coming up now, we're going to hear a track from the Hello Recording Club sessions. The Hello Recording Club was a subscription club run by John Flansberg of They Might Be Giants, where limited issue EPs were released every month or few months i forget exactly how often they were released but frank black was one of the first bigger acts to be a part of it and this is from that ep which was recorded by frank and eric Feldman playing all the instruments this is called space is gonna do me good I'm done with adult matters I'm doing the catapults I've been meaning to get out of Hollywood Space is gonna do me good This is gonna do me good It's not you I don't like Now the boy is the same I'm taking the turnpike There's no point in to blame Oh yeah It is that time again. It's the end of the podcast, unfortunately. And it being September 15th, it's the end of summer as well. So with that in mind, we thought we would play you a Fast Man, Raider Man track with the same title. And that is the end of the summer. 
This one was a collaborative effort with Frank Black and Lyle Workman. Uh, Lyle arranged it, and it was actually adapted from a classical piece called Le Sicilien. It's one of my favorites from A side, although I know that that's not a unanimous opinion. I really like the mood uh, of this one, and Brian is completely asleep over there and not talking at all in I'm any of my I'm not asleep. Pauses. I'm listening to your wonderful Canadian prose. I haven't had any emails telling me it was wonderful yet, so I don't know if you can use that word. Well, everyone get out there and email podcast at frankblack.net and talk about whose accent is lovely and wonderful. And we all know the answer to that is Dean's because I don't have an accent. So everyone, enjoy the end of the summer, and we'll see you back here in a couple weeks. A house is made of mortar and wood. Yet sinks in the mud to decay A house becomes a ghost in the hearts Of those who have gone far away A town is born of silver and stone And beaten to sand by the tide Becomes a mark on the soul of those who will cross that divide. Come unto me, we'll lie in the grass, we won't be ashamed. Summer will pass, felling a tree to hide from the wild. Stronger 
Of blood. 